Welcome to the Nitty Gritty with Ash and Kita. I'm Ash. And I'm Kita. On last episode, we talked about ultimatums versus boundaries or boundaries versus ultimatums. And we distinguished between the two. Um, on this episode, we have a guest visitor. <laughs> yeet, yeet. Um, I am going to read her bio. As just an introduction, our guest is Sakeith Curry. She's a district controller, a 25-year veteran, financial veteran at Sodexo, Inc. Sakeith has served with exceptional distinction as a district controller in Georgia the past 16 years. Sakeith is responsible for accurately reporting $46.6 million in annual revenue. Her home base is Georgia College and State University, and it has $7.7 million account in its own right. She has made numerous contributions to Sodexo Success in Georgia, sharing her knowledge, talents, and expertise with others. She has been the lead finance manager in over 17 new account openings. Over the years, she had developed many financial and operating tools that have benefited both Sodexo and the clients that they serve. So Keith receives her BBA in accounting from Georgia College and State University. She is married to Saul Curry, and they have two beautiful children. She is the owner of Wiser Business Solutions, a financial coaching business that helps individuals and businesses achieve their desired financial goals. So we would like to welcome Sakeith Curry to our podcast. Welcome, Sakeith. Why, thank you, ladies. It's a pleasure and honor to be a part of your podcast today. I'm super excited to have thank you. Thank you. Yes, we've been trying to get Sakeith for the longest. So I want to say- and it just a- finally worked out. I want to say on a personal note, though, because Sakeith is not only the um, creator and the owner of Wiser, um, let me get the name right. Wiser, can you finish it off for me? Wiser Business Solutions. Okay, so can you tell me a little bit about why you decided to do this? Well, Mike, even though I, for the last 25 years, has been doing personal finances for businesses, my true passion is teaching financial literacy to individuals. I feel that a lot of people have the lack of knowledge when it Mm -hmm. comes to finances because we tend to have learned from people in our families, like our parents who basically, we saw them surviving. We know that they provided things that they needed for us, Mm -hmm. but truly what all that entailed. Right. For me, I just have a love, my little eyes get excited. I get (laughs) when it comes to talking finance, I can go on and on. So again, I believe that when our people have the financial tools, the knowledge, that Mm -hmm. they can make better and wiser decisions when it comes to their finances. I totally agree because um, for me, um, you have been an amazing sounding board in um, my life and I can't actually say the same thing. You have actually opened our eyes to a whole lot of things that we didn't know that even existed um, that we should be doing. So um, I think Ashley um, is going to navigate this uh, session with us. And um, she's going to be asking some questions for the people. And um, you give us your opinion, your professional opinion. Cool. Okay, so we have a couple topics to hit. Um, the first topic we want to talk about is budgeting. And um, what do you think about budgeting for the average individual? Well, right now, with this current economic turndown that we have as it relates to COVID-19 and not knowing exactly how long it is expected to last, 
now is the time to not have your traditional budget. Everyone, they have not already done so, should be working on what's called a bare bones budget. Okay. A bare bones budget is totally different from your regular budget. Where with the bare bone budget, you identify the least amount of money that you need to spend in all, each month in order to survive. And the key word is survive. Okay. So that means no luxuries, basically. It only includes essential expenses that a person, and that's going to vary by person and by household. This type of budget is, is budget is one that you put in place during these special circumstances, circumstances, such as the loss of a job. A lot of people have experienced furloughs, mm-hmm. income, mm-hmm. and just straight out economic uncertainty. We don't know how long this is, is, is expected to last. Mm-hmm. So with the bare bones budget, you basically just start off. There's actually two categories. One is the absolute essential expenses to survive. Everyone has this when it comes to lodging your mortgage or your rent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've got to have ways in order to keep this place habitable, meaning our utilities. Mm-hmm. Then of course we have to have food in order to survive our nourishment, our water mm-hmm. for people who are on medications. That's going to be a part of their essential needs. Right. right. And like for me, even though I'm not on medication, having a healthcare insurance plan for me is an absolute must have. Right, especially right. during this time. Right, especially during this time. And see, with these, most of these expenses are fixed each month, so you know exactly how much it costs for your rent, for your mortgage, medications, and your various insurances. Also, right now, one thing I would um, advise everyone to do is kind of take a look at your health care spending ca- um, plans, your medical plan, okay. to see mm-hmm. has there been any changes as it relates to, you know, COVID-19 and the CARES Act. Mm. Right. The reason I say that is, me personally, I have a healthcare spending account. And for those who do not know what the healthcare spending account is, it is where before tax dollars is taken from my paycheck. So in turn, it reduces my taxable liability. So right. I'm in turn able to bring home the same amount of money as my counterpart who would, who would making the same thing but did not have a healthcare spending account. And it allows me to use this money for medical expenses such as copays, prescriptions, I even use it to get glasses. Okay. So last week, my company sent out a um a email, a letter saying that our plan had basically been updated. Oh. But now with our healthcare spending account, I could now use it to buy over the counter purchases that normally I would not have been able to do. Oh, such as feminine products. Oh wow! So that opened it up to allow for it to be spent. In other areas, correct. Because, um, right, that's good. That's why I'm advising everybody. If you have whatever your healthcare plan is, check and see has there been updates because the CARES Act has a lot of provisions when it comes to our everyday life. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, people have been started. Most people know about either the economic stimulus package, you know, the twelve hundred dollars for individuals making seventy five thousand or less. The additional, you know, 500 for kids that's under the age of 17. We all know about the, you know, the federal unemployment of $600. But there's mm-hmm. so much more within this package. This is a 843-page package. Mm, right. So, like I said, just check and see 
it's more to what's going on than just what we see on the news. Mm. Okay. That's good info right there. Because I didn't know any of that. So, yep. Okay, so, Keith, so we talked about the first tier of a bare bones budget. What is the second tier? The second tier is the nearly essential list. And sometimes these can actually be essential depending upon, you know, your current situation, whether you're still working, like um, fuel, fuel for transportation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Internet. Mm-hmm. You're That's true. Working, internet is a must-have. Right. Whereas someone who's not, it could be a nearly essential. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, debt payments. Payments on car loans, credit cards, student loans. Nothing in this budget is basically a want. You're removing all your discretionary spending. No entertainment, cable, Netflix, memberships, clothing, all that type stuff. And when I say restaurants, that's me including buying lunch for work. Mm -hmm. Now, another thing I want to talk about, debt payments. People right now are, you know, rushing to, you know, some of them are trying to figure out what do they need to do with this, you know, $1,200 that they got coming mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Some people are rushing to, you know, pay off debt. Right now, um, normally my position is debt free. Mm-hmm. Right now, cash is king. Mm-hmm. Right. And when I say cash is king, as in we do not know how long this is truly going to last. Businesses are closed. Even as they reopen, it's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. Georgia has not reached its peak yet when it comes to COVID-19 mm-hmm. cases. So we can expect, you know, each day our unemployment numbers go up. Mm-hmm. I work, I have a contact with the um, Department of Labor because I file the claims on behalf of my company. And, you know, we've reached up to over a million new claims that we've never had before. Oh, wow. So as that continue to happen, you know, and as more cases are discovered, you're going to find businesses having to close. Yeah. If if you're, if your business is closed and you're not essential, people think a lot of healthcare jobs are essential. A majority are. But if you work at a dentist's office, or a doctor's office that basically does not care for COVID patients. Mm-hmm. They're doing online calls. So there's no need for that assistant. There's no need for those other nurses. Yeah, and that's, a, that's horrible. Right. So yeah. So that's why I say right now, cash is king. And to basically kind of hold on to all the cash that you have. Mm-hmm. And with that is, I want to talk about before we go into kind of like some of the things you can do when it comes to like student loans. If you have a direct loan, they have now deferred that mm-hmm. to where basically there's no payment. There is no interest accumulating. That's and that's really there's good. No need right now to pay that loan. Mm-hmm. Yes, in the ideal world, you could take up take advantage of. No payments, no interest, and pay it down. But do you have enough cash to sustain? Right. And right. that's going to into, um, you know, emergency funds. But right. before we go to emergency funds, I want to talk about credit card. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of credit card companies are, you know, assisting customers. They have things. And if you have a decent um, credit history with that company, reach out. Give them a call. There are several ones. Each, each one of us are doing different mm-hmm. things. And this morning, I put it off some of the things that various credit card companies are doing. Um, Bank of America. Bank of America is offering payment assistance, allowing customers to skip payments due to hardship mm-hmm. with no risk. Um, Barclays Bank is offering customers to apply for temporary credit limit increases. Mm-hmm. Capital One is asking to reach out to their solutions team to discuss your situation for them to help find you, you know, a solution to your current situation. And the key is using the correct terminology, letting them know that you're having financial um, hardship or difficulties or your financial picture has changed as a result. Right. And the key is as a result of COVID-19. Right. You know what, Sakeith? Um, what's crazy is that um, I have a mortgage and um, we had an issue where um, I'm going to pay the bill and they, they did the check wrong at the time so at the time they didn't take out the full amount so when i was talking to the lady um the lady was like just to let y'all know because if you're not calling they're not telling you this but she was like we're not um um uh, assessing any late payments or late i mean late fees so they're not putting late fees on your mortgage they're not doing all that they totally get it at this moment so you it's a matter of just calling the people that you owe and talking to them because some people have too much pride and they won't do that Pride will lead, lead you into the broke house yes. quickly. You got to know how to handle business. Right. And that's why I say, and also when it comes to that, make sure you know the terms between forbearance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and deferment because there is a And difference. what is the big difference between that? Because, you know, I've always kind of interchanged them. No. The, I know. Okay. Teach me. Deferment <laughs> is basically where is no payment is due. Interest is not accumulating, and they're putting putting what you owe on the back okay. end. Forbearance, interest is still accumulating, and most are looking for full payment of those months that were skipped once your agreement. Oh is wow! Hmm. Yeah. So again, when you're calling these companies, make sure you have a clear understanding of the expectation of at the end of whatever period you all have negotiated of you all have talked about mm, that's good info again clear understanding so with, with forbearance you're telling me that like if we had a three month forbearance at the end of that three months they're looking for that those three months worth of payments yes okay mm. most are so that's why i say make sure you have a clear understanding and you're talking clear and correct terminology when speaking to your credit that's just like, let's just say, Georgia Power. If they're saying that, you know, we're going to forbear your payments for two, three months, come June, July, that bill, they haven't stopped billing you. Yeah, right. Guess what? You owe them that $90 for, you know, April, the $100 for May, the $200 for June. And that's, I mean, that could be helpful, but that can be more so of a hindrance, especially if you ain't got the money, so. Correct. Mm. Now, we talked about um, car insurance. Yes, a lot of, you know, different car insurances are offering 20% Mm -hmm. off, you know, coming months. But a lot of things people don't know is part of your rate that they give you 
it's based upon the number of miles that you drive a year. Right. So if you're yeah, we're not, not driving right now. Correct. So this is the time to update your annual right. mileage. To kind of get money back, you know, that you well, not necessarily money back, having to pay mm-hmm. less in your up um premium. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but those are again just some of the things that some of the um credit card ones. It's a whole list, a whole lot of them. You have a number on your card. Sometimes there is a wait time with the cards. But a lot of these things can be requested or asked for through the online portal. So if mm-hmm. you have not already set your accounts up for online, work to set your accounts up line so you can handle a lot of your business. And they have like chats and things that you can get questions answered or send your concerns to. And again, write us out a lot of the portals or things to request credit limits, to request these different things, request, you know, assistance. Right. That's awesome. That's great information. Do not let things that can help you slip by because you fail to research and reach out. Right. That is really good. So now we want to talk about emergency funds. Yes. I um I just Sakit was is a big um influence on us and uh she <laughs> she told us all that we needed to go ahead and get an emergency mm-hmm. fund. Um which was very difficult if you ask me. Uh but it's very mm-hmm. needed. So uh Sakit elaborate on what an emergency fund is. Emergency fund um is different things for different people. Um like as Ashley said before at the start of this year, I had, you know, Ash, Keita, and a couple of more people in a group. We started this group called um, Financial Fitness 2020. The goal that I challenged them with was to start out with $1,000, something that was manageable, something that was not overwhelming because we had, the people in the group was at different um, economic stages in their lives. They had different fam- financial responsibilities when it came to, you know, families and other things. So mm-hmm. I felt that with $1,000 as a starting goal, not the end goal, starting goal, I gave them a um, biweekly plan to where basically if they followed that plan, by the end of the year, they would have $1,000. Mm-hmm. Also, we had accountability. I would check on them to make sure. And it was, it was not a matter of, you know, I'm going to bash you because you haven't mm-hmm. gotten there. And we had some that has exceeded mm-hmm. those goals. And I'm so very proud of them because, as Ashley said, it does take dedication and mm-hmm. commitment. So I tell people, if you have not already start, started out, start out with $1,000 and work your way up because ideally you need six to eight months worth of living expenses. Right. And I don't know about y'all, but um, my living expenses month to month that I see with two kids and a husband, it's a, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. So I got a long way to go. But you've made the effort to get right. started. And biggest thing, get started. And also within this group, I also told them, don't get discouraged during mm-hmm. this time. Because life has unexpectedly happened to everybody. Right. Everybody has been affected in some type of way. So your efforts are not going unnoticed. Every little bit's mm-hmm. helped. So and when I say living expenses, that's everything. Everything that goes out of your household. Memberships, you know, health care, prescriptions. Subscriptions. Irregular- oh, 
no prescription and prescriptions. Both. Um, irregular and periodic payments such as car maintenance, oil change, tires, you know, tags, um, property taxes, if it's not already in your Mm -hmm. escrow, those type things. So you have to take a deep dive into your own finances, basically. You need to be aware. But everyone is different. But just think about it. If right now you had six to eight months worth of living expenses, you would not have some of the stress that you that we are experiencing now. Right. You're right. So that is the ultimate goal, those six to eight months worth of living expenses. And as Ashley said, it's hard to do sometimes. And I encourage everyone to establish an online bank account. And the reason I say online bank account is one, because they tend to have a higher savings rate yield than your local brick and mortar locations and even credit unions. And their accessibility to the funds is more, it's not as easy as to go, you know, whip out a debit card or, you know, go to the ATM machine. Right now, the Fed interest rates are basically almost at zero. But what that is, when we hear that, a lot of people didn't understand what that meant. The Fed rate's been almost zero. It is their overnight lending to each other. Banks mm-hmm. overnight lending to each other. Now, some people have, some um, lenders have passed that savings on to customers. But it's not zero percent. Mm-hmm. But that takes me, let me take that back to credit cards. Also, when contacting your credit cards, if you're finding the need to use your credit cards and you've been pretty good with managing your credit, you know, the credit availability, ask them, can they give you 0% on future purchases? Well, mm. good. All they do is tell you no. Right. That's awesome. I didn't even think about that. That's... Yep. And then when, you, when you're trying to decide which online bank is for, right for you, Research not only the savings rate, but things like the minimum deposit amount. Is there a minimum balance requirement? And also, see how long it would take for you to get funds back should you need them. Right. And one of the big things is make your deposits automatic. Yes. Yeah. But make sure you have the money in there because you'll be like me and then be like, oh, you got overdressed. <laughs> But yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Right, it's- that's one of the main reasons I don't do automatic stuff because I'm scared of overdraft. Right, but that's not, I saw you but- because you're not confident in the money that you have, your plot but of money. So, I have okay. a question. Those subscriptions are automatic. Ooh, that's true now. Ooh, look at her coming with the cuts, honey. Yes. <laughs> think about it. Whether you got the money or not, Netflix going to take their money if you got the bank account that's tied true. to So the same thing, if we're making sure that the money is there to cover Netflix, those $20, $11, $15, make it automatic for your savings. Yeah, that's true. No t- no amount is too small. It all adds up. Yeah. And yes, I am a penny penny. <laughs> but the good thing is that ain't no way you would be you would be this successful in life if you were not a penny pitcher. And that's what I'm trying to become. I'm trying to get to that point. Um and that's the exciting part. That's why um, for me and I think for Ashley, we have come to that point where we're like, you know what, enough is enough. We don't want to keep living from check to check. We want to be able to do things when we want to do things and make sure our bills are still good. 
So coming to you and having you as a friend, um, but also as a financial advisor has been the best thing for us because we really are trying to get you our goals, honey. So we're trying to get where you are. Okay, guys, so the conversation is going really well with this Keith, but there is so much more information she would love to share with us. So come back and join us for part two. Thank you guys for listening. Like, share, and subscribe on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other listening platform. Also, for the ladies' nitty-gritty, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Nitty Gritty with Ashton Keita, and come chat with us in our Facebook group, Chat with Ashton Keita.